You are listening to the MZBC Students Greenhouse Podcast. For more information about Mount Zion Baptist Church, go to mzbc.net slash students or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MZBC Students. Man, you guys grab a seat. I'm so thankful for our band uh, leading us. I mean, what, doing what they do is not easy at all. I mean, just imagine if, if somebody heard you sing or listened to you play your thing and they watched you the whole time you were doing it. Like, that's, it's, that's stressful. It, it really is. I mean, it, there's, there's no way around that. And so, man, um, I'm so thankful for uh, everybody who's a part of our, our, our band, um, putting the time and putting the effort and being willing to be in a position like that uh, to be able to lead if you got your Bibles, I want you to go to uh, the book of First John. It's toward the back of your Bible. It's almost at the very back. It's a little tiny little book. Um, so get, get, get your Bible. If you don't have a Bible with you and you want one, there's one on the windowsills around the room. You can grab one of those. If you don't own a Bible, feel free to keep that one. Just write your name in the front of it, and it's your Bible. Um, that's, that's the way that works. You're welcome. Uh, we just want you to have one. So uh, if you need one, grab one. If you want to keep one, keep one. Um, so First John's where we're going to be tonight. Um, when you... When you need to know something, when you need a, when you need a recommendation, when you need to know what's the best way to do a thing, where do you start? Google, right? I don't know about you, but sometimes I'll get in research holes on Google. Like I'll need to know the way to fix a thing or the best type of thing. But the, the problem with Google is that Google is filled with things written by humans. And so there's just all of this information. Okay, so I end up, I go to Google, I, I start reading about all the things that somebody says about this very specific recommendation. And sometimes I end up getting so much information that I still can't choose which opinion to trust, right? There's like 14 different versions of a thing that I want to know about or buy or something. And, and, and then I don't, even, I don't know where to go. So normally what happens for me is I start at Google, but then if you need to go a little bit further than that, where do you go? Hmm? WikiHow? I don't do that. I think that's some lowdown. I don't. YouTube? Man, YouTube can teach you how to do it. Reddit? Man, that's a bunch of garbage. All right. So eventually, eventually, maybe, I know it's 2018, maybe eventually you get around to actually talking to someone you know, like in an actual human conversation. Be crazy, right? Like, I think some of us probably still do that, talk to other live human beings in person. Um, If you haven't done that in a while, then I recommend it. Um, It's effective so that, that, they, there's there's certain people that we we have that like we know they well, we trust their opinion about things right like we have somebody maybe you have somebody who just knows a lot about uh cars like if your car makes some kind of weird like um weird sound that sounds like a mule getting attacked by a bear you have a car guy that you can you can call and say hey my car sounds like a mule getting attached by a bear and they say a bunch of words at you that you don't have any idea what they're talking about but you got to act like you do and you're like oh yeah it's probably yeah you're probably right probably is the thermal coupler yeah sounds sounds good like you have a car guy then maybe if you're if, um if you want to get into running like if, like if you if you wanted to know where you should start like training to run like those of you who are like me and sit in your house a lot and you don't run at all but you wanted to start running who would you talk to like point at them can you point at that person in the room? They're not here. Jake Russell. All right, Jake Russell's my guy too. So when I need, like, I, I want to know how to run faster. So I literally texted Jake Russell and I was like, hey, I need to run faster. Can you tell me how? And he's like, yeah, 
I'll tell you how. Jake Russell could like be completely messing with me and just lie to me straight face. And I would do whatever he said. I would. If he said run like a duck and you'll go faster, I'd try it, dude. Like I just trust him because he's real fast. And if he says run like a duck, I'd be like, I mean, I'd do it. If you want to know about, if you're, if you're, uh, if you're, uh, if you're on the, if you're like a ninth grader on the baseball team and you want to know what kind of uh, bat you should buy or something, like you can probably think of like who, who in my head am I going to roll through? Who knows everything about that thing? That guy. All right, great. Like, so you know, and you're going to ask them what you should do. You go to the person or the, or the people, you go to the person who is, who knows who has like firsthand experience, who's been there before, who has a lot of information, who gets it, and you go and ask them their opinion about the thing that's in their area of expertise because they know. You don't go ask like, you don't go ask like your, you know, person who's like into anime or whatever, what kind of bat you should buy. Like that's not, you don't, that's not, you don't do that. You're just not gonna, I mean, unless they're also a baseball player, which would be weird. Like that's not probably the person. Like, so you, 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 you ask the right people the right questions based on what they have experience with. You, you, you get me? Are you on the same page? See, the book of 1 John is interesting because um, it's written by John, like the John, like the apostle John, like John, like Jesus had 12 followers. And then there was like even like a closer knit group of three. And John was in Jesus's inner circle of inner circles, John. John was, John was with him. He lived with Jesus for Three years, he followed him everywhere. He knew him. John was there at the transfiguration. Like when all kind of crazy junk goes nuts and Peter's talking about building tents and like no one knows what's going on. John was there. John was there. John, John saw it. John, John was at the Last Supper and John was the guy sitting next to Jesus at the Last Supper. He's the guy who leaned back into Jesus, like leaned up against him. He's like whispering in Jesus' ear. He's that guy. He knows him. John was the guy that was at the crucifixion at the foot of the cross holding, holding Jesus' mama, holding, Jesus, holding Mary. As Mary's like weep, like bawling her eyes out because her kid's literally dying on a cross. John's the guy standing next to Mary. John was in the upper room. And the doors are locked. And nobody's supposed to know where they're at. And all of a sudden Jesus stands in the middle of them. He's like, hey, don't freak out. <laughs> it's me. I'm Jesus. You know? John was there. John was there a few days later when uh, Peter wanted to go fishing and took some guys and, and six, six of them went fishing and seven of them went fishing. And, and John was in the boat when, uh, when all of a sudden um, somebody on the shore, they didn't recognize him, uh, tells them to throw their nets out the other side of the boat. And, and all of a sudden the nets are, are ripping. They realize it's Jesus. And, and, and Peter like throws himself off in, in the water. Like, like John ate breakfast with Jesus on the shore of the Sea of Tiberias. After he like came back to life, he ate breakfast with a with a guy who was supposed to be dead. John watched Jesus ascend into heaven, like like Iron Man style. I don't. He was there. So when when John knows Jesus, John knew Jesus. Like you got the guy who knows about the cars and about the baseball bats, and you got the girl who knows how to make makeup into like making you not weird looking or something like you got that person right but but john knew jesus john the, the author of, of the gospel of john john also the author of first second and third john and, and, and john's writing 
in First John, and in sense, the main idea of the entire book, the whole reason that this book right here exists, First John, is is because John wants to make sure that you also know Jesus. He wants to make sure that everybody who's reading this thing also knows that you know him too. John knows him. He wants to make sure you know him too. He wants to make sure that you know, that you know, that you know him. Not that you know about him, but that you know him. Coming from a guy that knows. So what we're going to do the rest of our semester together here, we're going to slowly walk through the book of 1 John. Because I too, I, I... I want you to know that you know him. I want you to be confident. I want you to be sure that you know this Jesus. Where you can lean back up against him and whisper in his ear, and you know he's going to hear you. I want you to know that you know him. So that's what we're going to do the rest of the semester. We're going to walk through the book of 1 John together real slow. 1 John is not an easy book. You're going to have to think about it a little bit. Language is not simplistic. It's a little tougher. But I think you can do it. I think you can do it. I mean, you're, you're Huntsville kids, for crying out loud. Like, you know, Robbie Robinson was up here, uh, you know, and preached the lights out or whatever, you know. And uh, last, last Wednesday night for me, and um, I, I called Robbie, and I was like, hey, man, how, how, was, how, was, uh, how was it? Besides the power going out and the emergency doors, like, locking parents away from their kids and stuff. How, besides that, how was it? And he's like, man, your kids are brilliant. I'm like, yeah, I know, it's stressful, right? He's like, it really is. They're kind of terrifying. <laughs> like, there's, there's, you know, there's, Robbie travels all over the country and talks to teenagers, like, and it has been for like 25 years. And, and he, he knows teenagers and, and being in the room with you guys for an hour. And he's like, man, they're smart. And you are. So we're going to read First John together. And the language is going to be tough. And you're going to struggle with it a little bit. But you're going to remember, I believe in you. You can do this. So we're going to start at the beginning of First John with this idea that John... John knows him, and I want to make sure that you know him too. So beginning of uh, verse 1 of 1 John, it says this. It says, that which was from the beginning, which we've heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and, and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life that was made manifest. And we, we've seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father it was made manifest to, to us that which you've that's what we that which we've we've seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us and indeed our our fellowship it's with the father and the son jesus christ and we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete sometimes at the intro of books you read passages like that, and a lot of time the introduction to specific, or a lot of the, the shorter books in the New Testament, the epistles, a lot of those, um, the first little paragraph there is, is incredibly complex, and a lot of times you just kind of breeze past it. If you've ever read through one of those, you're like, that sounds cool. I'm going to get down to whatever this guy's going to talk about, okay? But we're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna wrestle with this. And if you just read that, is it on the screen? Yeah. If, if you just read that and you're looking at it, you're like, dude, I don't know what is happening. Great. You got something to pay attention for, all right? Like, we're going to get there. And like, you're going you're gonna to walk out of here knowing what that passage means and know what to do about it from one minute. And I know it's written a little bit complicated, so we're going we're gonna to untie it a little bit and come away with these major ideas, all right? So there's, there's, there's first and foremost, we got to remember, John knows him, knows him, was there in the upper room, like, there at the transfigure, he knows this Jesus. And what he's saying is, 
is how he knows him. That's, that's that verse one and, and following. He's basically just saying three things about how he knows Jesus. He said he, he, he heard him with his ears, right? We, that which was from the beginning, we, which we have heard. He said he's, he's heard him. He's like, I, I walked ground with Jesus. I, I listened to what Jesus was saying. I heard the teaching firsthand. I didn't hear it from somebody else. John's saying, I heard it with my own ears, y'all. I talked to him. I asked him questions. I asked him follow-up questions. I didn't understand those. I asked him more follow-up questions. Like, I, was, I heard him. He goes on. He says, that which, which we've heard and we've seen with our eyes. He says, look, I, I've seen this Jesus. What I'm going to tell you about, the one that I'm going to unpack in the rest of this book, like, I've seen him. I gazed on his face. I looked at the face of the Son of God. That's, that's huge. He's like, I, I saw him. He said, in which we have looked upon, we have, we have touched with our hands. Like, I shook hands with Jesus. Who'd you shake hands with? Who cares? Like, I shook hands with Jesus, you know? I mean, there's, there's something to that. Saying, like, when the, when the guy was, was murdered and, like, came back from the grave, like, I touched him. I've heard, I've seen, I've touched. He gives this evidence. He's laying out. He's saying, like, I, I'm telling you, I know him. If you're a Christian in the room, let me ask you this. Um, how do you know that you know Jesus? If you're a Christian in the room, like, how do you know that you know Jesus? Because John, he says, I, I heard him. I've seen him. I've touched him. You haven't. Not physically. You didn't, you didn't stare into his face. You weren't there at the cross. How do you know that you know him? You have an answer for that. Because my hope is that, that you know, John's saying, look, I, I know him, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say some things. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make some recommendations here based off the fact that I know him. And if you're going to be a Christian who's going to have any impact the way that John is, and he's speaking to people who don't know Jesus as one who does know Jesus, John's explaining exactly how he knows Jesus. And if you're going to be a Christian that makes an impact on people who aren't, you've got to know how you know Jesus. So what's your story? If you stumbled over that question, well, the answer is, like, if, you, if you're a Christian, then you have a story. A story that begins with you being a full-out mess, living the way you wanted to live, walking according to your own plan. And you came to a point when you realized that you were broken, and then you encountered this, this solution to your bustedness. It was Jesus. You heard about this, this Savior who came and died for you, and something happened. In your story, something happened where you came to a point where you believed that wholeheartedly, trusted your life and your eternity to it, and you said, I'm going to follow this, this, this man who I've never physically seen. I'm never going to physically touch this side of heaven. I'm never going to audibly hear his voice, but I'm going to follow him with my life. What happened for you to make that choice? It's your story. So, so what did you hear? What happened? What specifically engaged you? Not like, I just heard about Jesus and I decided I want to fall. No, like, what, what happened in your heart? What was your heart rate? <laughs> what specifically did you hear? What was it about the story of Jesus that, 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 that captivated you, engaged you? Because here's what I know. I know there's people sitting in this room who don't have a story. You've been around church for a while, and you've heard the story, you've heard about this Jesus, and intellectually you've engaged with it. You may be able to recite it back to me. You can tell me all about Jesus. You know all about the transfiguration. You know about the, the, the shore, the sea of Tiberias. You know, but you don't know Jesus. I'm not asking you how you learned the facts. I'm asking you when you decided 
that this Jesus actually walked the earth and you're going to trust your life to him. Because there's friends in your small groups where you go sit down and you go do your thing or whatever. There's people on your baseball team and your soccer team and in your band and in your anime club. I don't know, man. Like, there's people who may look like they've got it all together. may look like they would have a story, but they don't. And they know they don't. And they're awkwardly dying in their skin a little bit right now because they're hoping I'm going to stop talking about it. Because you know if you know Jesus and you know if you don't. So those of you who do, what's your story? What have you... Hmm. Do you have stories about the Word of God impacting you? Maybe like you spending time in, in Scripture on your own and, and God, like by the whole power of the Holy Spirit, like bringing stuff to mind, teaching you stuff. Do you have stories like that? I hope so. If you're a Christian, I, then you need to be spending time with the Word of God. If God, if you're a Christian, you trust your eternity to God and gave you a book, you should probably read it. So if, has it happened? Have you, have you been in a worship service and, and you felt something true and real? What have you seen? What have you heard? What have you, what have you felt? What have you touched? What have you seen God do in your life? How have, you, how have you seen prayer impact you, impact things tangibly? I was in the hospital uh, visiting um, one of our former teenagers uh, down in Birmingham. Um, was in college, uh, college uh, freshman, sophomore? I don't remember. Um, and uh, anyway, started to feel tired a lot, like kind of weirdly tired. Went and got checked out, got diagnosed with leukemia, was in the hospital a couple of days later. Um, got out of the hospital, continued treatment, went back in the hospital because of complications, he's still there. And uh, went down um, to visit the hospital today and uh, to, to see him and was sitting out in the waiting room with her mom and a couple other Mount Zion people who had driven all the way down to Birmingham to hang out, which was cool. And uh, I got there and everything was fine and everything's kind of peaceful. And, and, um, and I was like, well, tell me, tell me how things are doing. If he's okay, things seem good. Like, well, they're, they're good right now, but um, about 20 minutes ago, we got here. And as soon as we got here, like everything tanked, like all of our stats tanked, all the buzzers start buzzing and beeping and whatever. And like 20 people rushed into this tiny room. And so uh, we didn't know what to do. So, so we, just, we just prayed. And everything was awful until we remembered that we were supposed to pray and pray like at all, right? And so like, Oh, man, we're supposed to pray. And they all like went out in the hall, and they're like, okay, let's do that. And they prayed. And things just got okay. Nobody shot any drugs in any ports or anything. It just leveled out. It was weird. They're like, I don't know. That was odd. And that's one little circumstance, and maybe you can dance around that and explain that away. Fine. But when there's 10,000 of those little things in your journal of individual instances when, when prayer changed things, the, the weight of the body of evidence gets to be tough. So what's happened? What have you seen? What have you heard? What have you touched? What have you felt? What's happened? What's your story? John says, look, I, I saw him. I heard him. I touched him. He's real. That's the, John's point, right? He's saying, look, he's, he's real. I know him. And if you're going to be able to make that statement to anybody else, anybody else on the planet, you've got to be able to make a statement that says, I know he's real. This is, this is how I know this is why I have faith in this Jesus. This is, now. so is he, is he real to you? Is he real to you? If he is, there's somebody in your group who needs to know why he's real to you. There's somebody sitting in that little rows that you guys somehow figure out how to make each week. Like there's somebody sitting on your row 
who's not sure that he's real. They need to know how you know that you know him. Verse 2, he goes on, he says, this, this life, this, talking about Jesus, this, this life was made manifest. That means it appeared, it, it happened, and we have seen it. We've seen it, and we testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was what the Father was made manifest of. That is, Jesus appeared, happened, and provided an eternal life. Eternal life. That provided forgiveness. That provided eternal life. It, it was manifested to us. It appeared to us. It showed up. When we are testifying to it and proclaiming it. So I'm testifying and I'm proclaiming. I'm telling you about it and I'm encouraging you to do something with it. I'm testifying and proclaiming. I'm trumpeting. I'm shouting from the rooftops here that, that I saw Jesus. And I saw the Savior of the world who made eternal life possible. That's what he's saying. I'm testifying to it. I'm proclaiming it. I'm, I'm in the strongest of terms essentially recommending it. <laughs> I don't know if it sounds cheap, right? It sounds cheap to recommend Jesus to somebody, right? It's not like he's a new video game or something, right? But, it, but in a sense, that's kind of the essence of this. And he's saying, I'm commending to, I'm recommending to, I'm proclaiming, I'm testifying to the validity of this thing. I'm and challenging you. I'm inviting you to trust it. We love making recommendations. We love it. Like when somebody asks us our opinion on a thing, man, you got it. I don't know where Tristan is. If Tristan was going to tally up your, your votes on some things, maybe Tristan's still tallying. I don't know where he is. But see in here? If Tristan is still tallying out there in the back, somebody let Tristan know he can stop you. Hey, you're up there? That's not helpful. Okay, great. Tristan, we'll tell you later. All right, so you wrote down some stuff. Like you, 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 when I say, man, what's the best local restaurant there is, you say, Papacitas. What? What? Papacitas? You have a Papacitas here? That's a Texas thing, right? I don't know what she said. What's the best local restaurant? Huh? Blue Plate? Man, Blue Plate's legit. Blue Plate's good. What is it? Dreamland. Dream. Dreamland Barbecue. Yeah? Like the original one or the Huntsville one? Because the Huntsville one's that's, that's fake. That's not real. Farm Burger? Mamacitas. Lop, lop. I don't know what she's talking about. She's making she's making restaurant names. Okay, okay, okay. All right. When well, it's the what's it's the like the best new band, like the thing that I need to be listening to to not get old. What is that? Yeah, the Bieber. What? Michael White. You got a band I need to be listening to over here? You guys got a band I need to be listening to? You got a band I need to be listening to? The Mount Zion Band. I listen to them all the time. Never gets old. Oh, you texted me. Okay, okay, okay. All right, here's what you said. Tristan's saving the day here. He's staying so he can get his phone back. I'm keeping it. Best local restaurant. Taco Mama and Little Rosie's were tied for first. And everything else was tied for last. <laughs> so if you voted for those, you win. Best new band, 21 Pilots and, uh, and, and the Rocket Five. Cute. And... Um, and everything else was tied for a second. And then uh, most fun thing to do in Huntsville, Top Golf. You guys play Top Golf? Terrible at it. Scored a 14. Then the uh, hiking and biking situations at Montesano and Rainbow Mountain. And then axe throwing. Uh, then, uh, yeah. <laughs> have, any of you, have any of you been axe throwing? What a terrible thing. Like, what a terrible idea. 
Let's give a bunch of people a bunch of alcohol and axes and just see what happens. Like, let's, why? I'm not going to do that. That's just, that's, but there's, there's, up here, look at me, look at me, look at me. Hey, look at me. There's something or something about that, where we, man, we, we like to give recommendations, we like to be in the know, and so if you're the car guy, or you're the whatever person that, that people come to for advice on that thing, you like that, you like being able to, to share with somebody out of your experience, out of your bank of knowledge, your wealth of knowledge, you like being able to explain to them, hey, this is what you need to know, and I know because I know, I know because I've been there, I've done it, I'm not going to recommend you go throw axes unless I've gone and throw axes, right? If I tell you, throw, throwing axes is fun. Unless I've actually been there, you don't, you're not going to trust that. You're not going to trust anybody who tells you that, like, the, the, the restaurant inside of the, the Texaco over there by the little Walmart on, on Wall Triana. Like, that's that way. It's that way. It's not this way. It's that way, right? Like, you're not going to trust somebody like, hey, you know where you should eat? <laughs> the Texaco. Unless they can say, look, man, I've eaten the Texaco like 18 times. I've, I, haven't, I haven't, like, got a parasite that I know of. And it's delicious. So, like, your senior pastor, Kevin, like, eats at the Texaco. And twice has made me go to the Texaco with him. And I'm still here. I'm not going to recommend it. But your pastor likes it a lot, all right? So, like, there's, there's something there. Like, we, we like getting recommendations. We like being able to give it out of our experience and say, listen, I know. There's something like where you can look into somebody's face and say with confidence, like, I know, I'm telling you, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to get. This is what you need to buy. This is what you need to engage in. And I know. It's a good feeling. I like being able to give a recommendation. But you see, you see, see where I'm going here? Like, like, like what John is saying, he's saying, look, I've, listen, stop telling to what restaurants to go to. John is saying, look at verse two, he's saying, listen, I found the Savior of the world. I know him. I want you to know him too. And it's kind of that simple. I can't imagine um, (laughs) robbing someone of not knowing him too. For those of you who know Jesus, can you imagine withholding that recommendation? Can you imagine not saying, listen, I know him. This is why I know him. Like, I want you to be able to know him too. Could you you imagine robbing somebody of the opportunity of, of knowing him too? Withholding that story, withholding that evidence, withholding that recommendation. I, I can't. Listen, I, <laughs> when we do that, um, even like in normal life, when, when people withhold a recommendation, when, when people withhold something awesome from their friends or something that like failed to tell you about this incredible new thing they found, people are mad, right? People get mad if somebody finds something incredible and doesn't tell anyone else about it. If you find out that that Handles is the best ice cream place in the world and no one has told you yet, right? Handles is the best ice cream place on the planet, all right? It's not up for debate anymore. We all voted. They won. Um, and, and, and so, like, if you haven't been to Handles yet and no one in this entire town told you that Handles was awesome, and then you finally go and you're like, what are you doing, you bunch of jerks? Like, how did you not, what are you doing? How long have you been coming? I've been going here like two years, man. What? You'd be furious over ice cream. Um, there's a world. There's a world out there. And some in here. There's people, individuals with souls just like yours, with sin just like yours, with a heart and a, and a mind and a need 
just like yours of a savior, who when they finally found, find him, what, one of the things that they'll say back to us is like, why in the world? How in the world did I get this far without somebody telling me this? Listen, if you're not a Christian, or if you talk to people who aren't Christians, and, and there's that, that pushback saying, listen, keep, keep it to yourself, man. I don't care. Like, that, that's your thing. No, 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 no. This isn't, just a, this isn't just my thing. This isn't a thing that I can keep to myself because if I don't tell you about my thing, if I don't tell you about the fact that I found the Savior of the world, then I'm literally robbing you of the opportunity to do that. And this is so good. I couldn't possibly. How hateful would it be of us to rob someone else of the opportunity to know the Savior that we found? How hateful would that be of us? Christian uh, people who aren't who aren't Christians in the room, man. Look, I, I know that um, some people try to tell people about Jesus in ways that are entirely unhelpful and sound nothing like Jesus, and that there are people who are massive jerks in the way that they try to explain Christianity or tell you what you need to do in a relationship with Jesus. Um, and and honestly, they what they end up doing, they push morality on you instead of invite you into a relationship with a Savior. Um, that is not the way Jesus did it. And that shouldn't be the way that we do it. Sometimes people get it wrong. And some of those people, I'm not sure, really know Jesus anyway. They just know morality. And so if someone has tried to shove something down your throat and try to force their pattern of behavior on you, that's not what we're trying to do here. All we want to do is in, invite you to meet the Savior that we found. We're not trying to force you to act a certain way. We're trying to invite you to meet a Savior that we found. And yeah, it's changed the way we live. It'll change you too, but it's not about a morality. It's about a life change. So if somebody's done that to you, I'm sorry. We're not doing that. I know there's probably some bruising there and maybe a little bit of defensiveness that's still left in you. Um, but think about this. If we actually have found the Savior of the world, the one who paid for all of our sin and is going to save us, give us a new life for this life and for eternity, and if you don't trust your life to him, then you get to continue paying for your sin on your own. If that's true, which we believe it is, and we rob you of the opportunity to know that grace and mercy and joy and forgiveness that we have, we um, have zero excuse. We can't rob you of that opportunity. So we can't stay silent. I'm sorry for the people who have shoved it on down your throat, but I, we, we can't stop inviting you. And if we did, shame on us. Verse 3 continues. He says this. He says, uh, That which we've seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that, that you too may have fellowship with us. Anyway, you can be like us. You can be with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ. They say, listen, they say, we're, we're Christians. We've, we've got this fellowship together and this fellowship with God, and it's pretty awesome. We get, like, collectively, we hang out with God. It's called Greenhouse. You should come. Like, there's this, there's this thing, right? And it's like, yeah, that's, that's kind of it. We're, we're, we're telling that you can know him, too. We're family. Everybody wants to be family. Nobody wants to be an acquaintance. Nobody wants to be, uh, uh, you know, an, an attender or something. You want to be connected. You want to know somebody. You want to be family. And there's this difference in, in what's possible in family 
uh, under the name of Jesus. And so if, if you've been around for a while and, and this place feels like family to you, good. We go on mission trips, and we um, one of the things we do when we go on mission trips, we sit in circles uh, in the biggest room we can find, and it's normally not big enough, and we sit like single files, they all circle, and everybody gets to kind of share what God's doing on their, their heart. It sounds super lame the way I just described it, but it's awesome. Um, and, uh, you should still come on mission trips. Anyway, um, and one of the things that keeps coming up, people just keep talking about um, your student ministry feeling like family. Yeah, there's some people that you're closer to than others, but there's, there's, there's this connectedness. And here's why. Because those of you in the room who are Christians, you share a commonality um, that is unlike any other thing you can have in common. Because the, the, you, you have trusted your life to a Savior and that Jesus has inhabited you. Okay, like the Spirit of God rests in you. He's remade you, changed you into an entirely different thing than you were before. So you, Christians, you have more in common with some Christian in Burma than you do somebody who doesn't know Jesus next door to you. Like, like your heart has changed. You're, you're like who you are. Your identity is found in Christ and not anything else. And so you share a common identity with the other Christians in the room. That's why you're family. And so what he's saying is like we've found this thing. It's good. It's called the church. And, 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 and it's, it's us partying with the Father. And you can be a part of that. We want you to be a part of that. That's what he's saying in verse 3. I just, we want you to be a part of this. We want you to be family. And in verse 4, it comes all down to this. It says, we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. We want you to know the joy we know. It says our joy, right? Look at it. It says, it says our joy may be complete. I'm saying it's, it's, it's the joy of the, the believers, the joy of John and his friends, like the, their joy would be complete. Because listen, with those of us in the room who are Christians, we know that once one more person becomes a Christian, there's this joy that wells up in, in us. We're like, oh, thank goodness. Like, like there's this joy, this celebration, because we know what they've just found and our joy grows. Well, the joy of the person who's just found Jesus, that obviously grows. And he's saying, listen, I want to invite you into this. I'm recommending this Jesus to you. I know him. You can know him too. You can be family. And our joy is going to continue to grow as more and more of us find joy in Christ, hope in Christ, forgiveness in Christ. So he starts out and says, listen, I know him. You can know him too. And that's the same thing I'm, I want to tell you tonight. Listen, I know him. I know I know him. I love to tell you all the ways that I know him. You should hang out. But there's people that are also in your small groups who know that they know him, who have a story to share. Maybe they haven't had the chance to share it with you, but if you ask, they'll tell you. Because they, they want you to get to know him too. And if you think they're a bunch of fakers and they're recommending things that they have no idea what they're talking about and it's all one big fairy tale, um, ask them. They may stumble a little bit because that question is going to freak them out and they're going to clam up, but they'll be okay. Ask them. Christians, do you know that you know him? Are you going to tell anybody? Or are you going to somehow figure out how you're going to withhold that from a world who so desperately needs to hear it? If you're not a Christian in the room, we want you to be family. Talk to us. Ask the questions. We're not going to shut anything down your throat. Let me pray for you and you're going to your small groups. Father, um, my hope and prayer is that every Christian in the room would be a person um, who's uh, testifying, proclaiming to the goodness and grace and mercy that you've given them. God, a lot of times we, we freak out and we clam up and we get scared uh, and we fail at this. Um, God, help us 
us figure out our path forward here. And, and God, secondly, um, for every single person in the room who's not a Christian, and I know there's a bunch, um, God, my, my prayer is that they would, they would come to a point where they would see what we see, that, we, they, that they'd experience what we've experienced, that they would know what we know, and that they would get to, to hold um, that joy that comes from knowing they've been forgiven of their sins. So, Father, I pray for their salvation. I pray that they trust you as, your, as, as their Savior. May be saved. Just as they prayed. Amen.